me say good morning to everyone. We give thanks and praise to God. Does everyone know Grayson first and foremost? Where is he? Can you hold him up real high? Yeah. Yeah. I was sitting beside a wise man. He said we should just go home now. And because I was bringing the word, I was saying let's go. My wife and I, uh, first of all, my name is Aubrey Smith. My wife and I kid all the time about how much we uh, love and enjoy the manner in which Pastor Chris brings the word. I mean, we enjoy it so much, so I'm always saying, man, that man is crazy. <laughs> and, of course, when he said that, we said it in the most loving and kind and joking manner. Now, okay, y'all make, make sure y'all understand that. However, when he said, Aubrey, you were bringing the word today, I was saying he was crazy for real. <laughs> However, if there's anybody out there want to change places with me, this would be a good time to do it. Show a hand. Show a hand. All right. Not my will, O oh God, but thine will be done. Amen. Amen. I, I truly count it a joy uh, just to have an opportunity to share with you some things God is, is sharing with me. And, uh, and I do mean sharing with me because I, I thought I, I really desired to say something else uh, when Pastor Chris first said, oh, this is what you're going to do. I really wanted to do something else. And uh, God convicted me and said, no, 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 there's a couple other things you really need to look at. And the reason I desired not to do it this way, because, you know, when, when God is speaking to you personally about your own shortcomings, it's a little bit more difficult to, to air it out in public. It's okay to do that in the bathroom or in the shower. But when you have to air it out in public, it, it, it doesn't feel as good. But after, after God began to speak to me, it made perfect sense. Because what he was trying to encourage me and, and, and tell me, it wasn't just something I was dealing with. It was something all of us can be blessed by. And so I, I, I pray even right now that, you know, that the part that helps you take it, internalize it, the part that doesn't, just let it be like water on a duck's back, hit it and roll on. Is, is that all right? Can we agree to do that? Amen. Amen. Pastor Chris wanted me to, uh, to let the team know or the family knows. Uh, that he and, and the family are down in Virginia uh, visiting with some relatives. He didn't really want to tell me they were on the beach, you know, sipping, uh, uh, you know, sweet tea, you know, down in Virginia. He, he, didn't, he didn't want to tell me that part, but I, I knew what he was doing. And, uh, but he's looking forward to, to getting back uh, to be with the family on Monday. Let, let us have a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you even right now for what you are going to say and do in our very midst. You know, Almighty God, even in the midst of my preparation, it's not about me or my personal desires. I desire to glorify you, to present you the way you want to be presented. Almighty God, now open my eyes that I might see from heaven. Open my ears that I might hear exactly what you want to say. Father God, open my mouth that I might speak the words of Christ. Help me, Almighty God, and camp your angels about me. Protect me from the enemy, O Lord. Don't let him enter in to influence my thoughts, my actions, nor my behavior or conduct. Thank you even right now for choosing me to be your vessel. In Jesus' holy name, I praise you and I thank you. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. A couple of weeks ago, you might remember, uh, our student ministry director shared with us this idea, and she may have coined a new word. I haven't been able to find it in the dictionary yet. Uh, culturalism. 
and talking about the number of things in which our children are facing. As we begin to say they're wrestling and fighting and being challenged, they're being bombarded with a whole host of things, things that we would love to protect them from, sexual promiscuity, drugs availability and use, self-centeredness and materialism, unhealthy peer pressure. And there was one smart man that said our kids are even dealing with technology idolatry because everything they want is readily available at their fingertips through the Internet. And yet they embrace this technology as if it's to make their life more wholesome. But what is really part of what's happening is they're being opened up to things they shouldn't be opened up to right now. And in some instances, they don't even know how to protect themselves nor guard themselves against some of the behavior and things that they're actually seeing on the Internet. I can embrace the technology, but they do need some oversight and they do need some protecting against it. I'm convinced, though, because I am a father, and I tell you now, we have three boys, and, and not all, all of them as perfect as I am, I tell you now, but <laughs> I am convinced and I'm persuaded that we as parents don't have to give up. We don't have to throw in the towel. We don't have to submit ourselves to everything technology is offering our kids. They still belong to us. And I'm going to tell you the danger in that, that, that statement in one second, okay? They belong to us. And because they belong to us, we guard them tightly close to us. We desire them to follow our route, our direction. And sometimes we do that with a void of them being led by God. I'm not saying we as parents are not godly. I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes God wants them to go right. We as parents are leading them left. Not that we see anything wrong with it. Let me give you an example and make it a little more clear to you. My children, I'm going to try to make it personal today so I don't offend any of my family members. My children spend a whole host of hours on a basketball court, lacrosse field, swimming pools, a whole host of and, and, and sometimes as parents, we begin to direct them and lead them and guide them in a way that we want them to become these great athletes. The next Michael Jordan, if you will, the next LeBron James, or the next Michael Phelps, or the next Missy Franklin, or um, Governor Michelle Kwan. Okay, very good. Excellent, excellent. The next Ryan Howard, or, or Tom Brady, or Peyton, and even our very own, or, or Kevin Pollock, or we might want them to be a Scott Hamilton. So we have all of these desires. That's on the athletic side. But by the same token, because we want our kids to have this unbelievable ability to reason and to think, we want them to be the smartest creatures on earth. So we push the academics. There's a significant number of hours of homework, not just to do the homework, but we're pushing them toward excellence in homework. We want them to study, 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 so they can be, you know, the next um, great scientist or inventor. We want that for our kids, and the next great artist or the next great uh, uh, astronaut. Whatever those academics that we're driving them towards, sometimes we do that with a sense of this is what we want for them, the very best. And I understand that. Again, I'm a parent. But God began to speak to me that in the midst of all of this, brothers and sisters, he wants us to do it with a balance. 
He wants to do this in the context of our kids and our children understanding who they are in Christ. First and foremost, because I'm going to tell you how this is going to play out. When they're dealing with culturalism in such a way that peer pressure is all around them, as long as they're in their locker room, they may be okay. As long as they're in the pool, that individual sport or on the golf course, they may be okay. But as soon as they step out of their realm where they have to deal with 101 different people and personalities, all of a sudden our kids are saying, which way should I turn? What should I do? Mom and dad are not here to guide me. Grandma and guardians are not there to lead me. Where should I go? What should I do? And this is what God began to tell me why it is important to look at a couple of verses. He started off with a very, 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 very simple one. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he won't depart from it. But the idea of training that child, it implies that there is a consistent, there is an ongoing, there is almost a forever uh, pattern of instruction taking place. We begin to teach, 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 drive, 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 support, support, support. But in the process of doing that, we got to ask ourselves, why and where are we training them to go? And now begin to begin, Lord begin to say, no, we got to train them to first and foremost seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all that other stuff we desire for them will be added unto them. There's an order whereby God wants us to say, there is, it's all right to push our children. It's all right to encourage our children. But if you do that in the absence of what God wants for those children, what is the benefit? What is the benefit that those children, I'm talking about my children now, okay? Uh, and for those of you who really got it right, God bless you, God bless you. I'm still trying to get it right. Okay, I'm still trying to get it right. There is a need for us as parents to begin to, to put it in perspective of what God is calling us to do for, with, and to our children in the midst of what we really want our children to do. Yes, I want him to be a great lawyer. Yes, I want him to be a great engineer. But do I want him to do that in the absence or in the void of living the life that God has already ordained for him? I've come to the conclusion, no, I don't. No, I don't. Because if we got our children on this quest, if we got them on this quest to become the best lawyer, the best engineer, the best doctor, because I hate to say it, but some of that is, is all about fame, it's all about vanity, it's all about money. So in the process of driving them toward all of this riches, and that's beautiful, my only question that the Lord began to ask me, Aubrey, who's going to serve the poor? If everybody is chasing money, who's going to serve the poor? Aubrey, who's going to visit the sick? Who's going to close the naked? I didn't have an answer. Because all of us are pushing our children toward excellent and financial wealth and the accumulation of wealth in the, in the absence of thinking about what God is calling them to do. And, and family, I understand. It, it may not be acceptable to think that way, but I said, Lord, my children are almost grown. Almost grown. And then I get here this morning to find out, sisters and brothers, that this is family day, so there's some little children here. Then to begin to say, it's all about encouragement. We got to encourage one another to realize where the children are and begin to build into them. Build into the children. 
Our children are ready, if you will, to handle the pressures of the court or any other sport activity, activity and also in the academic performance. They are ready to handle those challenges. In part, I believe, because we have well prepared them. We have well prepared them to take control on the court. You will be the best uh, uh, student in the classroom. They're ready for that. But we're not, they're not in those safe havens when they're not in those protective environments. And when mom and dad is not there, when they're now faced with the pressures of their peers, when they have to make decisions of, of right and wrong, good and bad, good and evil, they're looking for someone. And if we as parents, if we have not impregnated and we have not so instilled in them that, look, when we are not there and even when we're there, you must look to the hills which come with your help, son. Your help comes from the Lord. Yeah, they can pick this up when they're 16 or 17, but can you imagine the level of confidence our kids would have if we've been telling them from the day of the nursery that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, for God, and for God's glory? Can you imagine the amount of confidence when they begin to put that in perspective? Hmm, I was made by God? You mean the same God that created the, the universe? You mean... I was made by God. You mean the same God that holds the sun in the center of the universe, if you will, our galaxy? You mean the same God that allow our planets to, to go around it? You mean the same God that, that, hold, that, that, that hold the world together by the power of his word? You mean that God? You mean I'm friends with him? You mean I belong to him? You mean he's the one who's given me security? You mean I have, he has my back? Can you imagine, because I grew up in a big family, and, and, and uh my family didn't mind, you know, um, scrapping, fighting, whatever the case might be. That's just the kind of family I grew up in. And I was really bad when I have all, had all my uncles around. Oh, my goodness, I could talk a mile a minute. I was some kind of, but they'll tell you today, they probably got into more fights because of me than they ever would have gotten in if, if, I, if I wasn't around. So when I had, my uncles had my back, I really felt good. Now, can you imagine if our children go out every single day, regardless of the environment in which they're in, regardless of, of where they are, regardless of the kids they're hanging out with, good, bad, or indifferent, it doesn't matter. When they can truly internalize and, and, and believe in confidence, in confidence who they are and who has their back, those kids will be, be able to withstand the bullets. They can stand up and declare, you know, look, I don't have to put up with this. I know how to talk intelligently to the administration, and I know how to say, bully, go sit down. I know how to face the bully, and I'm not making light of anybody who's been in a situation with bullies, but our kids need to know that they don't have to whimper, they don't have to whine, they can stand up because of the authority in which they have in God and speak to the bully with the authority of God. They don't have to do it by themselves. We train them to, to that they have to do it by themselves. And I'm saying God is saying, no, it's time for us as parents, not when we think they're old enough or just when they're in the crib and we can talk that baby talk to them. God is now telling us in the midst of what our children are facing, we need and our children need to know it's not about the protection of the parents and guardians. It is about the guidance and the direction and the, and the protection of God Almighty. 
He wanted the children to know, I want you to seek me. I want you to believe in me. I want you to trust me, not necessarily your parents. These children need to know because when they're out of our presence, they're out of our presence, what, how many hours a day? 10, 12, 15? What are they going to do if we've only taught them to rely on us? We need to teach them to rely on God. And when they do that, they'll be in a better position to fend off the, the challenge in which they're facing. If we have really told our kids and convinced our kids, according to Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans of good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So our kids are out there, if you will, trying to fit in, trying to find their way. And the reality is, God has already ordained their way. God has already ordained our children's lives. All he really desires of us as parents, we have to help those kids find that lane to travel. Once we can just simply get them in their lane to know that you are created for God and by God and for God's purposes. Now, this is the lane God wants you to walk in. He wants you to travel it to the best of your ability. Now, the kids still might become a lawyer, doctors, and all those great careers. But now he sees that career and that profession in a different light. He sees that career has been ordained by God and for God and for God's purposes. So every time he's on the bedside, he's thinking about what God has done, what God wants him to do. And not only that, he's not leaning to his own understanding regarding the academic training he's had in school. He's now looking to God for divine intervention because he realized my hands is not steady enough for, to do this. You know what I'm saying? My academic life in, in, in law school didn't teach me how to deal with this. However, when I look to God for direction and for insight, he begins to open up me wisdom to those little people far, far, far beyond their age, far, far, far beyond their training. And I tell you, I'd much rather have someone who's relying and dependent on God in the performance of their activities than someone simply relying on themselves. I don't know about you, but every now and then I forget something. And I would hate for a doctor to forget something in the midst of operating on me. You see what I'm saying? That, that's the humanness. Sometimes it fails us. But hallelujah, God will never, ever fail us. Nor will he fail our children. And I, we, we teach our kids that when you're in the midst of challenging situations, I need you, son, I need you, daughter, to know and believe in all of your hearts with unbelievable amount of confidence that God is with you. God said that he would never leave you nor he would he forsake you. Our children need to know that they are never alone, even outside of our presence. They need to know that God is still with you. God is still directing you. God still has expectation of you. I don't know about you, but every now and then, I'm sure my children might do something outside of my desires for their lives, outside of my presence. Because they probably justify by saying, well, my daddy is not here. He can't see me. He can't hear me. Our children need to develop a fear and a love and respect for God to the point that they know it's not about 
mommy and daddy hearing me or seeing me. The eyes of the Lord is in every place. He sees everything they're doing. He sees everything, hears everything that they're saying. We need to help our kids develop a wholesome love and respect for God that even in the absence of my parents, God has an expectation of me. And because I belong to him, I've been bought with the price. I'm no longer my own. I should therefore honor God in my decision making. So what my mom can't see me? So what my dad can't hear me? God sees me. God hears me. And therefore, when they're standing in the midst of those little children are trying to get them to go left, then they can also say, you know what, man, I hear what you're saying. But what you're saying is totally contrary to what God is saying. And as a result of that, I got to go God's way and not way your way. I'm out. They got to have the confidence to do that. Yeah, they're going to be laughed at, you wimp, you other names and all that good stuff. But here again, if we have, from the cradle, raised these boys and girls up, thinking about who they are in God and not how they're perceived about their peers, they will have the confidence to say, okay, you can call me that, but I know who I am in Christ Jesus. They got to know above all things, it's all about God in their lives, and it's not about what they desire even for themselves. Probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Psalms 37 and 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's one of my favorites. It took me a little while to understand the, the real power and context of it. I mean, because we want a lot of things. I'm sorry. I want a lot of things. <laughs> I do, man. I want a lot of things. But God began to minister to him and say, that, that's all well and good, Aubrey. But, but let's put this in perspective. And I'm telling you this because we got to help our children put certain things in perspective. So God began to say, look. Aubrey, if you delight yourself in me. Now, what are you talking about delight? Aubrey, if, if you feel good about the direction I'm leading, leading, leading you. Aubrey, if you feel encouraged and excited about the direction I'm leading you. Aubrey, if you're feeling comfortable about the direction in which I'm leading you and you are willing to follow me, you're going to find yourself desiring those things that I desire for you. So therefore, there is no conflict any longer. My biggest problem is when I want something that is contrary to what God wants for me. When I want to go somewhere contrary to where God wants me to go. And as a result of that, I find myself in conflict. Lord, I want to do this. God said, no, 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 Aubrey, I want you to do this. Our children need to understand that when they begin to delight themselves, when they begin to want and desire and they drive themselves towards the righteous path of God, those things they are desiring, God is going to give it to them. Why? Because the things they are desiring are the things that God is desiring for them. You follow me? So that's part of the, the dynamics here is that our kids are wanting things you know all that stuff they ask us for. They're wanting things that God doesn't want them to have because they're not ready to, to deal with it. They're not ready to manage it. They're not ready to, to, to really have it, to use it properly. And as a result of that, now we're in conflict with the children because we don't give them anything. And they sleep in our, outdoors. They're wearing the same clothes every day. We don't give them anything. They walk to school with raggedy shoes on. We don't give them anything. You see the conflict? 
But when we begin to, to help our children to turn their minds and their thought processes toward God, toward God and what God is desiring of them, that stuff they begin to ask for, man, we as parents would be willing. Not so they'll be able to, to sport the latest uh, uh, outfits with somebody else's name on it. No, but because the things they're asking for is to glorify God, and it glorifies God. That's what we got to do. We got to help them, help them change their mindset, help them change their thought process, that they seek after what God wants for, for them beyond even what their friends, their buddies, their coaches, and even their parents want for them. So we got to orchestrate and change our thought processes as parents, drive them towards seeking God's desires. Because if we can get them to seek God's desires, they're going to go right. They really are. Another one that I really like. Uh, this one is funny because I always uh, like it the way my wife presents it to my children. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tell us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Now, see, the, 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 the first part of that for me is I love it when I hear my wife say, and our kids, you know, don't want to do something straight and narrow, if you will. <laughs> she said, are you telling me you are following someone else who's not as smart as you? Is that what you're telling me? And she just sits there and waits for an answer. I mean, why are you following someone who's not as smart as you are? Now, look at this here. Now, that's, that's beautiful. It's well said. But just think if we can present, help our kids understand the importance of following God. When they can't see their way in the midst of darkness, in the midst of confusion, they got to know that God will bring peace. In the midst of chaos, God will bring structure. In the midst of darkness, they got to know that the word of God is a light into their path and a lamp into their feet. They got to know that they can follow what God has already ordained for them. They are not smart enough to overcome many of the things they're challenging. But if they don't lean to their own understanding, if they truly try to acknowledge what thus saith the Lord, then and only then will they truly have an outcome that is pleasing to them that won't potentially kill them, that won't run them down so far that they have to, I don't know, somehow dig their way, their way out of it. We got to help our children recognize that when they're being presented with things that are not of God, then we got to make sure that they're trusting in what thus said the Lord. But what if it's in conflict? You absolutely right, it's going to be in conflict. Light and darkness can't, co can't coexist. Evil and good can't coexist. Our children got to be ready to make good decisions. Even if it hurts them, even if it isolates them, I tell my boys, look, I want you to stand for righteousness even if you have to stand by yourself. So what you get laughed at? Stand for righteousness. Then you know you have the covering of God. You know regardless of what goes down, God has your back. God is going to make sure you come out all right. But when you're out there all by yourself, you are out there all by yourself. We got to help them come to the point of knowing what God desires of them. Family, I, I really just wanted to share a few words with you, let, let you know that our children are going to face a lot of things in this culture. But I tell you, we got to spend some time preparing them to deal with it. We can't ignore it. We can't put them on the basketball. I'm saying we because, I, I, like I said, I'm a parent. We put them on the courts for hours at a time. But we got to make sure that we're sitting around the Bible just as long as we're sitting around the basketball court. 
You see what I'm saying? We got to do it because we won't be there all the time. But we got to give them a sense of confidence. Son, daughter, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're being introduced to, know this one thing. God said that he would never leave you, nor would he forsake you. So even when you're in opposition against a foe of any kind, physically or spiritually, you still got to rely on what thus said the Lord. You got to trust God that he's going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. And son, even if the outcome isn't what you want, feel confident that it's exactly what God wants. And when God is right, man, everything else will eventually be made right. We can't accept it always immediately. But I'm telling you, God got high hopes for us. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die for us. In that while we were yet sinners, he loved us so much that he allowed his son Jesus to die. So we got to remind our children of who they are in God, regardless of what they're facing. And let let them know. Face it with a sense of confidence, son. Face it with a sense of confidence, daughter, that God is on your side. That makes sense? God bless you.